25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Well, what do you know? Wednesday came and went. And Thursday is here. Welcome in. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. You hear that, Beaver? Hey, you hear that? Listen. Uh, what? You should have done that before the show. <laughs> well, what, you know. Where are you? What room are you in? <laughs> I'm in the kitchen, uh, Beaver. Oh, okay. So, no. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Would it? Not wouldn't, but would it be interesting during these times to experiment with just around the house radio? Meaning, I rig up a system where I can wear a headset and I got cable long enough strung throughout the house in every room where I can move about as normal as if I weren't actually doing a radio show, but just carry on for two hours. I mean, would that be worth doing? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Various the various sounds of Matt White. Listen, home. do y'all know? Do y'all notice from listening to this show and others here on the on the station? You can tell when Beaver is sarcastic, like he is the worst at covering it up. <laughs> it's so obvious in your voice, Beaver, when it's real or when you're being sarcastic. And I'm just going to tell you, I can tell. I can pick up your sarcasm. No, it was just a thing where I forgot to pour the coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany into my mug before the show, and then the show started, and I'm like, I need coffee, and so I had to pour. Why not give us a little sound effect on the radio? Highpointroasters.com, they'll deliver your coffee to your house. Plug! That's what I'm talking about. All right, so here we are today in the Farm Bureau studio with you coming up in a few minutes. John Bond. Bond. John Bond. The original 13... He was a freshman phenom back in 1980, and he beat LSU four years straight, home and away. And Mr. Bond is going to be on the radio with us, because what else has he got to do? (laughs) Among other reasons, I hope you're listening, John. Uh, That was actually John's exact words to me earlier. I said, hey, can I get you on the radio today? And he said, hey, what else do I got to do? (laughs) In other words, sure, it ain't like I got anything interesting to do. I'd be happy to talk to you. Otherwise... No, uh, so we're going to talk to John. Of course, we're going to get to your texts as usual on the Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausage, on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. Um, We will, the Wyatts will be making a grocery pickup this afternoon at a local grocer that has a deal where you can't go shop there, you can't go in, but you call ahead, you place your order, or you think you do it online, and they give you a day and a time to come and pick it up. You just hope everything's available. If it's not, they give you what you what you can get. And so we're going to pick up some new sausage, country pleasing, because uh, I wanted some green onion and I wanted another package of the jalapeno. I ate all that up. It's gone. But I will uh, report to you here today that I began 
a new flavor, a brand new flavor, a flavor that before I had not tried before this morning. As of right now, I have tried it for the first time just a couple of hours ago. Let me tell you. Yes, it is fantastic. Thank you, Marv Albert. It is fantastic. It is the Cajun smoked sausage. Cajun flavor. It says it right there on the package. The logo kind of turns a little bit of an orange color, and it says Cajun. And gracious alive. It has that. There's a, there's a, it was a very noticeable different smell when I began to cook it. It smelled so good, but I noticed like, what is that? I can't put my finger on it. What is it? And it's a type of, it's a little spicy. It's not super hot, but it's a little spicy, just a little bit, but it has something sweet in there that it's the flavor of what exactly the kind of sausage you would want if you were going to put it on a biscuit in the morning for breakfast. That's my opinion. Anyway, it was really good. So try a new flavor. Text me on the country, please, and text line 885-ESPN. It is 885-ESPN. Hey to everybody watching on Facebook and Twitter. Y'all can see the number there, so shoot me a text. Give me a call on the Divini Equipment phone line. I'd love to hear from you. Divini Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Highway 51 in Madison, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, they've been doing it better longer than anybody else. They're the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., that is Divini. All right, and here is the number to call, 995-1059. 601 number, 995-1059. So uh, hit me up throughout the show. We'll talk to you on the radio. You can send your texts on over. We'll get to those. Got some already in the queue. Going to get to those. Well, let's see. What do we have? Uh, Res Dog, right out of the chute. Oh, he was talking baseball with the previous guys. And then uh, Jay starts us off. Jay, listening up in Baltimore. And Jay, I appreciate you being so consistent. Jay says, Matt, I called my dad this morning to check in on him. And I mentioned how your radio show was talking about the Andy Griffith show yesterday. I wanted to ask him about his favorite characters and episodes. And we got to laughing and sharing memories for at least 10 minutes. It was awesome. Thank you for your show. Bringing a lot of joy in this time of uncertainty. You know what, Jay? I I can't say thanks enough for the feedback. Sometimes... You wonder if people enjoy something or not, you know. But, man, the feedback from talking Andy Griffith yesterday on the show has been phenomenal. Of course, we had a historical tie-in. There was a nugget out there that said that yesterday was the anniversary of the final episode of the Andy Griffith Show airing back in 1969. Okay? And so we did that. We played the song, and we get into the whole conversation. And then, Jay, I got a phone call last night from my friend Mark. who uh, owns and operates and runs the radio station there in Vicksburg that carries my radio show in Vicksburg. Uh, One of our affiliates at WVBG 1077 and 1490 Talk Radio. And he said, hey, you know so-and-so that works for us, a a woman named Kim. And I said, yeah, I know. He said, she is the great niece of Barney Five, well, of Don Knotts. She said, he said, that's her. He said, you know her. That's her great uncle, Don Knotts, Barney. <laughs> so he was listening. He heard it. I had a message from someone else in Fulton, Mississippi, up here in North Mississippi, who said, hey, uh, my dad grew up, went to school with George Lindsay, played Goober over in Walker County, Alabama, Jasper, just down the road from Fulton. And so there were all these messages and feedback people just love the andy griffith show and it does my heart good and look 
It's not to uh, come in here and ignore the reality we're living in and around right now. It's just simply to have a little fun and maybe even for a, a minute try to put a smile on your face and so glad that's working. With, with that said, here's another uh, way to put a little smile on your face. Let's relive some glory days with one of our favorites around here for a lot of reasons. John Bond on your radio right now, the original number 13. And I, I don't know, John, are you as big an Andy Griffith fan as I am? Oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs> Man, I okay. love that. That was the greatest show, greatest show ever until Seinfeld. Until Seinfeld? Um, <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, you know, you're talking about Don Knotts. My wife is from North Carolina, so Mount Airy is uh-huh. kind of what that is is based around. And then um, talk about Goober. Goober, I played golf with him a couple of times. Did um, you really? Hold and, on a minute. Uh, Hold on. Time yeah. out. Time out. You got me. You got me. Yeah. <laughs> you, you played golf with George Lindsay Goober from the Andy yeah. Griffith Show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's uh, he. He was friends with Sonny Shorter, who was Enos. Yes. And Enos is from Valdosta. Okay, so and so we're so, tying in we're tying in two shows yeah. together here. Enos, the <laughs> exactly the deputy deputy <laughs> sheriff on Dukes of Hazard. Right. And he's from Valdosta, so he played in some uh when Valdosta State would have like a fundraising golf tournament or whatever. And uh it was when Chris Hatcher was the head coach. Right. He would get people like uh George Lindsay, and he'd get Enos, and then he'd get uh, Donna, um, is it Donna Mills? Um, yes, I think Ellie that's right. Mace. Uh-huh, Donna Mills. Yeah, Ellie May, she would play and, <laughs> and stuff like that. So it was always fun to show those, those deals when Chris was, was uh, head coach here at Valhalla State. He, he had some had some big-timers, man. Well, at least, you know, back-in-the-day stuff. And yeah. It was always right. fun to hang out with those guys and listen to them. And, you and, know what uh, those guys talk about now, John? You know what? Those people you mentioned, you know what they talk about now? Some of them who are still with us, they What's they, that? they go around saying, "Hey, man, I got to play golf one time with John Bond." Do you know that? <laughs> yeah, sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. Okay, well, look, since we're on the entertainment nugget here uh, or on that thread, I, before we jump into some football stuff, real quick, yeah, I did yeah. notice on Twitter yesterday you put it out there that you had dug through a box and you found a VHS copy of Caddyshack. Yes. Did you watch it? Uh, no, I haven't yet. I, I don't have to. <laughs> I've got it all memory. It's all right here. Well, I thought you were going to tell me you didn't watch it because you can't find a VCR anywhere. <laughs> no. No, before I went ahead and found the VCR before I, I did that because I knew if I found all these VHSs, I would be so mad that I couldn't play them. So sure. I went ahead and made sure that I had something before I even started digging through it. And I found Outlaw Josie Wells on VHS. Oh, man. <laughs> that's great. You know, yeah, John, okay, so that's a great one with uh, Clint Eastwood. And yeah. what's, what's neat about that is it, it was different for him because he had made all those spaghetti westerns, the good, the bad, the ugly stuff, right. you know? And you had yeah. Italian film crews, an Italian director, uh, of course, the Italian music, basically, for all those, and they dubbed the voices yeah. in. But that was – Outlaw Josie Wales was kind of his first big, like, American-made hit, really. It was, yep. And, uh, and I didn't look on there. I thought, what was it, about 78 or something? Or Did it come before, before Dirty Harry or after? 
I think it was before. Yeah, yeah, I think it was before Dirty Harry. Yeah. Yeah, so it was probably mid to early 70s, maybe. Okay. I guess. And uh, I'll have to look on there and find out. But that one and and, uh, my other favorite was Jeremiah Johnson. Oh, boy. Looking for that one. Yeah, that's That's a a great one. It sure is. (laughs) Robert Redford. I mean, those guys. Yeah. You got me wanting to go back and watch them. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, man. (laughs) Great. It is great. great. Okay, and so in the well, box, a, we got plenty of time to do that. We got plenty of time to do that. <laughs> hey, I told Dang. on you. I told on you. By the way, Bef- I said Uh-oh. I said a while ago. It wouldn't was, be the first time, Matt. <laughs> well, I know, doggone <laughs> it. Told on a <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, it was mild. I just simply told people on the air. I said, "Hey, I reached out to John. Said, hey, can you come on the show today?'" And he very nicely replied, "Sure. What else have I got to do?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all right so in the box of vhs tapes you also found right. football footage yes all right so i want to go back to that i want to go back to that and you shared okay. and everybody listening right now if you're listening on the radio if you're listening watching on facebook uh follow him on twitter or look at it it's at john bond 1313 okay because john tweeted out just a few clips it is legend around these parts how uh, John is the only Mississippi State quarterback to ever never lose to LSU. He beat them four years straight, home and away. And some clips from those games, John, you put them on Twitter. So I just thought we'd go back just to take a glance at it to see how special that was. So, yeah. so, so 1980, Jackson, Mississippi, really good football team. That's yeah. the year y'all beat Alabama in that same stadium. And put up right. 55 points on LSU, beat them 55-31. What happened in that game? Golly, man, it was, uh, you know, we had played Alabama a couple of weeks before, and we, we, I think that we threw the ball 10 times, maybe. It okay. may have been eight, you know, and they had the number one rush defense. Well, even, and before that, we played Miami, who had the number one rush defense in mm-hmm. the country, and uh, put 34 on them, and then had uh, Alabama – who at that time had the number one rush defense, and we threw the ball eight times, you know. But we went, I think I rushed for about 100 and, and uh, um, uh, I, you know, just kept the ball on the ground the whole time. Mm. So Coach Ballard that week of the LSU game, it, they had such strong run support from those guys. All four of those guys were drafted in like the first or second round, those DBs. And, uh, I mean, they would just come up and light you up. So they're very aggressive on the run support. So, you know, Coach Ballard, of course, he, he knew that. So the very first play from scrimmage was going to be a play action, you know, taking a triple, drop back, and, and uh, throw a post. Because we knew that safety, they are going to try and run the alley with that safety and try and uh, get to me and make me pitch, and the cornerback was going to be on the, the dive guy. So, uh, I mean, the pitch guy. So very first play, he has uh, uh, 60 or 58. I can't remember how. It was about midfield. We got the ball at midfield, and, and uh, about midfield, and then mm. opening play through with a touchdown pass, <laughs> and then it was, and then it was on. I think it was tied up uh, 24, 24 something at halftime, and then Glenn Young, of course, ran that one back, the opening second half kickoff from about one, about five yards deep, and only, a, and you know he zigzagged, and somebody grabbed his back of his jersey, and so it wasn't just a straight shot. And he eleven seconds, they clicked off the clock. <laughs> wow. How about that? <laughs> he could that? go. He could go. I'm telling and, you. And uh, Marty, Marty called a couple, and, and uh, we just kind of kept them honest for the run and threw it on them a bunch. Yeah. 
55-31, your freshman year, beat LSU and Jackson, 55-31. And, and so the context is y'all put up six points the week before in beating number one Alabama. Go back to Jackson right. the very next week and put up 55 on LSU. Wow. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think it was – I think we had an off week, but we had – it was that stretch that we had for my four years was Miami, Auburn, Alabama, LSU, and Ole Miss. That's how we ended every season. Every year. Gracious a lot. You don't want yeah, to hear. You don't want to hear anything about modern scheduling in Murderer's Row, do you? I mean, <laughs> no, I don't. Good. No, grief. I don't, man. It's uh, it was that was uh, that was a mess there. Now, uh, okay, so that was pretty good. So you beat them your freshman year in Jackson. The very next year, eighty-one mm-hmm. sophomore year, you go to Baton Rouge. That was a seventeen to nine win for you, and including right. including a touchdown. Was that one where you had the touchdown run? They hit you four yards deep in the end zone. No, that was the next time we played in okay. Baton Rouge. Okay, okay. Yeah, that guy, good grief. And that was uh, a little obvious there. Sure. But they were always bad about it, and I, I expected it. I knew it was coming, and, and uh, every every time we played them, it was going to be late hits, and it was going to be, you know, blindside, from behind, or wherever. They All right, so some, they were going to lay some leather on you. So 17-9 to in Baton Rouge your sophomore year, 1981. What was that like? What was that, What happened in that game? That was well, you know, that was my my first time to play, you know, there in Baton Rouge, and man, you we pull in on Friday, and it was nuts already, mm-hmm. and you know we're just going to do the walkthrough, and uh, um, they, you know, you're supposed to kind of clear out the stadium, you know, so we can do runs plays and all that. Well, they had a DJ in there playing, and <laughs> boy, they were getting on me, and you know, all the mic, all the speakers, and all that. And, we were we were putting four wides out and throwing <laughs> Coach Clark. He didn't show them anything. We were splitting everybody out and and uh but man, we were leaving. They were sitting there waiting on us to get on the bus and they were, you know, just dog cussing us and throwing beer cans at us and I mean you we couldn't get out of there fast enough. Mm-hmm. So it was it was my eyes were pretty big the next night to see it full and loud and, but if you and that was probably the close well but the Starville game was a little bit closer, but uh, mm-hmm. you know there was there was still the usual the late hits and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. um, uh, it was it was a tighter game. It wasn't wasn't as clean as that first one. Sure, uh, John Bond on your radio right now. So that was your sophomore year. They uh, ha- right. they haze you guys on what's supposed to be the walkthrough. And oh, then, golly, and, it was unbelievable. And then you win the game on Saturday. You beat them seventeen to nine. Um, Right. How was your safety exiting the stadium after beating them for you know the second year straight? Yeah, they, that's the thing. That's the good thing about if you're in Baton Rouge and you win, it's pretty empty mm-hmm. when, when you uh, <laughs> there's not much uh, taunting afterwards. <laughs> so that's, uh, that was easy to walk outside. But that was when they uh, before they put that tarp where we walked out, mm-hmm. and they had. Uh, and and all the guys, they were just deathly afraid of that tiger, Mike. <laughs> yeah. They were scared to death, and they were, you know, they were pulling him around in that cage and all that. Well, Coach Ballard, you know, his uh, his pregame speech was basically, "Fellas, keep your helmet on at all times because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to jump whiskey bottles and everything else at you on the sidelines." And sure enough, they were they bounced out there on 
to the hash mark, and the ref would just pick it up and toss it back inside. <laughs> it's like, like it was they normal. Knew it was coming <laughs> yeah, they knew it was coming through. And, uh, but yeah, we busted open those doors, and there's Mike right there in that tiger in that cage, and then everything just kind of stopped. We ran into the, everybody, you know, just ran into each other's back <laughs> at that point and slid sideways down the wall, and then. And then you get out there to what is now the tunnel. There was no tunnel at that time. Uh, I'll never forget, uh, Kent, Kent grabbed me, Kent Hole. And he, he said, no, it was Bill Bell. Bill Bell grabbed me and stopped me. He said, whoa, 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 don't go out yet. I said, what? He said, cause they're going, they're going, they pee in their cups and then throw it on you when you go, when you walk out. So we got to run. <laughs> <laughs> you got to run at once. You got to be kidding me. Hey, look, yeah, you my first run. trip to Baton Rouge for a game. The bus pulled up to the stadium pregame for us to unload and go in the locker room, get dressed, you know, and they wouldn't let us off yeah. the bus. We're just waiting and waiting. And I think I actually spoke up and just said to one of the coaches, hey, what's the deal? What are we waiting on? And he said, ah, we got to wait. There's fans up on the top row of the stadium peeing on our buses. We got to wait till they're finished. <laughs> yeah. And then we got to go on in. That's a true story. So, they, so yeah, so they – Turned around, they they just went. We're gonna get them before they get in, not when they're coming out of the tunnel. Mm-hmm, yeah, you know, we're gonna pay on you either way. <laughs> we're gonna get you either way. Hey, John. Yeah. Now this is presumptuous. Yeah. This is presumptuous of me. So you just shoot me straight. But could you hang on and we continue this conversation and go through the la- <laughs> the, ne- the last two LSU games with you next if you've got a little time? If I can, if I can find my way through all this paperwork I've got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I can. Picking up your sarcasm, by the way. <laughs> All right, hang on, John. We'll continue it coming up I'll next here in the uh, Farm right, Bureau yeah. studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Talking with John Bond. We're going to continue that next. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. We're back in the Farm Bureau studio, and John Bond hanging on with us on the Divinity Equipment phone, kind enough to stick around for some more radio. John, I was thinking uh, before we came back from the break, I ought to just like do this every, every time we go to commercial, say, hey, John, you got some time? Stick around and just see how long I can get you to stay with me today. Like Maybe you can do the whole show. <laughs> It'll be a long time these days. <laughs> no doubt. Saying, Man, would you get off? <laughs> I hear you. All right. So, and I've got a couple of questions from listeners. I'm going to go fast here because we, we covered pretty yeah. thoroughly. You win in Jackson over LSU your freshman year in 80, put up 55 points. Go to Baton Rouge as a sophomore, win 17 to 9. Now you're 2 and 0 against the Tigers. And then your junior year, 1982, back to Starkville which was the only time you ever got to play them in Starkville. That was a 27-24 win. That's right. That's right. Yep. And they were uh, – they had just beaten Alabama, um, I believe, the week before. Wow. And uh, they were on a pretty good run. I think they were ranked uh, fourth or fifth or something like that. So they, they had a pretty good ball club, man. But they always do. You know, they've always got athletes over there. So so we knew that one was going to be a tough one, too. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, just the same as all the others. 
we knew they were going to be ready to play, and they were. And I think, uh, I think Allen was Allen Richards. I think Allen Richards was still a quarterback, and then okay. Hodson came later, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good one. Mm-hmm. 27 24. Yeah, ABC did it, I think. Okay. Or ABC or somebody was there. And so they had to bring in the light. Oh, you know, really? Uh, yeah. The portable light, um, uh, for, cause I think it was a three o'clock kickoff or something. And, uh-huh. and, uh, and so it was going to get dark and got cold a little bit later too. So, yes, yeah, what I'm looking at uh, now, I'm noticing all those games were late in the year. Like you said, you'd finish, like you're playing LSU every November. Um, right. And the first time they played a September game in Baton Rouge in like a long time was in 1992. Like they moved it up to the early part of the year. But okay. And so I want to go back. So now that's three in a row. You've won right. three in a row against LSU, freshman, sophomore, junior. And your senior year, here you go rolling into Baton Rouge, 1983. You've beaten them three in a row. Yep. They're writing about it in the paper, all this kind of stuff. They know you're coming to town, and you put up 45 points in Baton Rouge and run them out of their own stadium. What what happened in that game? Yeah. Well, uh, it, it I could feel it, and I, I remember it like it was yesterday. We're out there pulling and warming up and loosening up, and I tell Coach Mullins, who was my quarterback coach at the time, I said, Coach, we're going to light them up tonight. I can just feel it. I can, You know how you feel sometimes mm-hmm. when you go and you know it's coming? And I said, oh, man, I'm on. I'm throwing the ball. It's just coming off Chris. And, boy, and Danny's catching everything. And uh, uh, yeah, I just knew it was going to be a good night. You know, mm-hmm. I said, if we can just slow them down once or twice, I believe we can light them up. And uh ended up doing that. And that first, uh, uh, that first touchdown, I think I ran four on them. And that first one um, was a quarterback sneak. And I decided when I broke the huddle, I said, everybody's going to be trying to tunnel and they're going to be getting down the ground. I'm going to dive mm. from under center. I'm going to dive. <laughs> I took one step back and so, and then Jack, and I, I just remember this now because I just found that tape, but, uh, Jack, he goes, and body quarterback, he dives into the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> Which was unusual to see. About you didn't see it a well, whole yeah, lot back then. Yeah. I just figured everybody's going low. I'm going to go high. Yeah. <laughs> so like Rodney Danger, Phil, and Caddyshack. They're all selling. They buy, buy, buy. <laughs> buy, buy. Oh, sell, sell, sell. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew there was a, you know, a football correlation in Caddyshack? But, um, and then also I saw, okay, so that was an 83 game, your senior year, 45-26 right. in Baton Rouge, and that was four in a row. And that was the one where you had a touchdown run, and, and literally you crossed the goal line, and we're four to five yards deep in the end zone, and a guy just plows into you for LSU. <laughs> yeah, man. And I, I did just barely catch him out of the corner of my eye. And I'm glad I did because I kind of, you know, absorbed some of the blow. And, you know, he knocked me on through the back of the end zone. And, yeah. Uh, but that's the way it was every year with those guys, man. Uh, but if you notice that guy that was laying down, that wasn't even the guy that hit mm-hmm. What happened, that guy that hit me spun and clipped. His own his buddy right there in the knee, and I think he tore his knee up pretty oh, good. Oh no, is that right? So you know that is that's why you don't do stuff like that. That's right, turnabout. And you know uh, yep. you're right. That's why I, now that I remember the highlight, you score the touchdown. You're almost into your celebration. The guy plows into you way late, and it literally catapulted you out of the back of the end zone. Like that's how hard he hit you. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, they were. Uh, uh, they love. They love playing. 
and hitting. They didn't break down too much to tackle. <laughs> <laughs> well, they couldn't get a shot at you during the play. We just hit you afterwards. We got to hit you. Yeah, there you go. What it is. Yeah. Yeah, good philosophy. I guess so. Uh, hey, a couple well, I things. Well, when you don't call the penalty. Oh, I know. That's the thing about it. I mean, no flag. You know, geez yeah. Louise. But it is Baton Rouge at night. You know, they – look. Exactly. The players weren't the only ones who feared for their life, apparently. Uh, okay, so <laughs> no, Ghost Pepper on the uh, text line, the Country Please and Sausage text line, says, Matt, get John to talk about Jerry Clower. He's under the impression that Jerry Clower went to a lot of your practices back then, John. Is that right? He, he did. He did. He uh, met him first. The first game I started was in Nashville. Um, and, and that's the first time I met him. And then he would come back. Occasionally we'd see him at practice, like especially during the spring and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, he'd be around. And I, tell, I, I think I told Bo the story, but he uh, – um, when I met him, he looked at me and said, Partner, you remind me of a rock and roll band. I said, Really, Miss Clower, which one? And he said, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's a pretty, I'm going to tell you what now, that's a pretty salty uh, Jerry Clower impression you got there, John. Yeah. You, you might need yeah, to get he, you a. Luckily, a he and Emory Ballard were pretty, luckily, he and Emory Ballard were pretty close. They were pretty close. I was going to say, you might need to get you a full burgundy suit with a ruffled shirt and like oh wasn't he great he was something else man hey he was a showman neil price brings it up to me uh you know neil our play-by-play announcer now and and he's a huge jerry clower fan he sent me a clip it's on youtube of jerry clower was a guest on the orlando wilson fishing show and they went brim fishing they went brim fishing at lake okeechobee and they're out in the middle of the lake because it ain't but like eight feet deep out in the middle of the lake. You right. Know? No. And, and there was this hilarious moment where Jerry Clower looks at Orlando Wilson and says, Orlando, you know I love you and I love your family. He said, but we're going to have to get over there next to the bank <laughs> and get us a cricket if we're going to catch a brim. He said, we're out here in the middle of this lake. <laughs> <laughs> so he so Jerry Clower was going to tell Orlando Wilson how to catch fish. You know what I mean? That's what he was doing. <laughs> right. So you need to look exactly. that one up. I will. I sure will. He was hilarious. All right. My mama absolutely loved him. I grew up with him and all that. So it, yeah. it was good. Yeah. Him. You know, I never did get to meet him, uh, but I did meet his brother, Sonny, who... Yeah, Jerry, you know, Jerry passed, I think, in 98. Um, And so he was around. I was obviously aware of him. But in my first few years of college, really, I guess my whole college career, late 90s, his brother, Sonny, tailgated and had an RV. And and he tailgated right next to the Sluters. Remember Kevin Sluter? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And his folks would come up from Pensacola. Yeah. And so I got to meet Sonny. And he he passed away a few years later, maybe late nineties, early two oh. thousands, something like that. But uh, wow, that's, that's good stuff. Wow. Well, hey, John, yeah, it uh, it, it's yeah. interesting to talk to you. Kind of look back. There are several moments, but obviously the Alabama game, but the four straight wins over LSU. You had those clips on Twitter last night. I just wanted to talk to you about it. And I think when I looked at it, I didn't realize it, but um, the year after you graduated, the eighty four season, State beat them again. By two points yep. there, and I, I didn't. I'm not even right. aware of that game or who played for that matter. 
Yeah, that was uh, Don Smith. Okay. Yeah, Don Smith was highly recruited quarterback out of Hamilton, Mississippi, and and was an unbelievable player. I mean, he uh, great athlete. Um, uh, I told Emory, I said, "Look, coach, you know I can catch a football. You know, so if you need me to go out and be a receiver, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can put this guy in the center and we can go. Mm-hmm. And uh, but anyway, we uh, he he was a great quarterback and uh, a great athlete. I think there's some of his stuff on on YouTube. Uh, I think they played up in Knoxville and yeah, uh, they beat Tennessee up there. And so yeah, yeah, yeah that that's was, right. uh, pretty good. I had a pretty good little run with those guys. Yeah. Hey, thank goodness for YouTube too, right? Yeah, no doubt. I'll tell you. Um, we can go back no and watch doubt. those things. And for old boxes in the closet with VHS tapes and a random yep. VCR sitting around the house. Thankful for those things these days. <laughs> <laughs> no question. No question. Yeah. Uh, John, I appreciate you, man. Listen, it's always good to talk to you. Man, shoot, yeah. Always good talking to you, Matt. I appreciate you. Yep. All right. Talk to you soon. You, you stay safe. Yeah, you too, man. Hang in there. We'll stay in touch. All right, buddy. All right. All right. See you. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. John Bond. Four straight wins in the early 80s over LSU, all four years of his career. And that's something, though, too. I mean, um, he only got to play against them once in Starkville. And that was his junior year in 82. They beat him 27-24. Prior to that, it was Jackson, which was a home game, his freshman year. Baton Rouge is a sophomore. Starkville as a junior, senior, back in Baton Rouge, beat him all four years. And and I'm serious. Go look at John's Twitter feed. He has clips that he found on some of those old tapes last night, and you'll see that play where he runs it in the end zone, scores, and is a good four yards, but maybe five yards into the end zone, and the LSU player just, bam, and uh, knocks him out of the back of the end zone. No flag. If it was the other way around and the jerseys were reversed, you think he'd get called? <laughs> yeah. Dadgum right it would. All right, I'll get to your phone calls and your texts coming up next. Stick around. Let's keep going. Over here on Twitter, at Radio Wyatt, that's me. Coach Nutt says, Glenn Young, one of my favorite professors at State, he would say, quote, next class is going to be an academic day. <laughs> I took classes under Glenn also. And one of the things I took, we had to do uh, public speaking and um, giving presentations. And, and there was one particular thing you could do a presentation on – really pick any subject you wanted. He didn't care what the subject was, but you had to hit certain points in the way that you organized it and the way you presented it. And my speech and presentation was about pitching and flipping. It has nothing to do with baseball. (laughs) It was bass fishing. Yeah. I think I was a junior. I might, heck, I might've been a senior. I think I was a junior in college, but. Yeah, pitching and flipping. So anybody that's been a bass fisherman knows those techniques. It's when you're actually really close to the structure, if you want to call it that, that you're fishing. Maybe you're close to a boat dock or you're around 
you know, boats themselves in uh, a big marina or you're up in the trees and treetops. You know, you don't make, need to make a long cast. You're just pitching and flipping and doing it accurately to certain spots. I did a whole presentation on that like I knew what I was talking about. Got an A, as far as I know. <laughs> All right, we got some phone calls hanging on here on the Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. Looks like Ponto's been hanging on the longest. Let's go to him first. Hey, Ponto, what's up? Yeah, I wanted to talk to John. I never got to write about John. I was a salesman, not a sports writer, when he came along. But all his records are wrong. They're incorrect. I saw all those games. And it's what amazed me. John is the greatest I've ever seen running the beer offense. He would gain 10 yards past the line of scrimmage, pitch the ball, running back would gain 10 and get credit for a 20-yard run. John had already gained 10 yards. He did that all the time. <laughs> That's a good fantastic. point. That's really interesting. Yeah, you're yeah, right, because in that, in that veer offense, I, I've seen those highlights. I've, I've seen and, – and there's a story, Ponto, about John on one of those very plays, because you're right, in the veer, there were a lot of times he'd turn the corner, but the pitch man would stay with him, and he'd go all the way upfield to where the cornerback was and then pitch off the cornerback also. So you're right. He'd get a lot of rush yards downfield that got that the running backs got credit for it. But he told a story, or, or somebody told me a story, and it's true. I've had it corroborated. Against Georgia, his home state, who Vince Dooley in Georgia for a period of time tried to recruit John as a, uh, I think as a receiver or something like that. No, safety. They recruit him as a safety. John turns a corner. He runs out. He got, he's on his left. He goes out. He's right in front of the Georgia sideline. The corner comes in and just hits him right as John pitches the ball to his running back who caught it on the sideline and went about another 40 yards for a touchdown. And after John pitched it, after John pitched it, he's hit. He jumps up. The whole Georgia sideline is watching the Mississippi State running back run for a touchdown. John stands up, and he's right in front of Vince Dooley. And he says to him, where several people could hear it, hey, Coach Dooley, safety? Are you kidding me? Safety? Really? <laughs> and that's a true story. Actually, Buck Ballou, the quarterback for Georgia, is the one who confirmed that for me, that that actually did happen. Yeah, nobody ran the veer better than John Bond. I'm sorry I got, didn't get to write about it. But I wanted to ask also, have y'all mentioned on the air Boswell Kennard, Everett's dad? Well, I didn't mention it on the air. I did communicate with Everett yesterday. Uh, he was, what, 101 years old. Everett Kenner, the bus driver from Mississippi State, very well known and loved. And his father was uh, 100-plus, and he passed away within the last 48 hours, I guess, Ponto. Yeah, he died Sunday. and he, he Everything about him was true, and uh, what a guy he was. Uh, I'm related to Everett by marriage, and okay. I know Boswell for, for 60 years, I guess. But I... I'm sorry you talked to John Bond, but I've always admired John. I go, all those records need an asterisk because yeah. the running back adds 500 yards from John Bond. <laughs> That's really cool. Good <laughs> stuff, Ponto. I appreciate your call. Thank God you. God bless. You too. God bless. All right, Tony hanging on. I appreciate you being patient. Tony, what's up? Hey, Matt. Just wanted to talk for a second about that 82 LSU game again. Great. With the, with the uh, portable light. Yeah. You know, it, that was a memorable evening for more than one reason. Of course, it was really cool when the sun went down to actually see Scott Field, you know, mm-hmm. under the lights for the very first time. You know, kind of like, kind of like Wrigley Field having their lights put in, you know, for the first time years ago. But 
Um, uh, one of the interesting things about that game is about halfway through the fourth quarter, of all things, the scoreboard clock went out. Mm. And we were sitting up in the student section and had no idea how much time was left. And uh, remember Dana Moore? Remember that name? Oh, yes. He kicked the field goal and put us ahead. Is that and right? And we were okay. all saying, how, how much time is left? We have no idea. So it was really weird. I, I want to say that LSU had the ball, and we were worried that they're going to have too much time to come back and score. And all of a sudden, the refs are holding their holding their hands up, saying "ball game." Oh wow! Had, you know, nobody had any idea how much time was on the clock. So the game so, ended, and you won. And as a student section, you—that's you, the first time it dawned on you that you basically were winning the game with no time left. Is when the officials just stopped the game. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I can only it, imagine every, everything. Everything was everything was perfect. You know, the lights. Everything was cool. You know, we're having such a great time and all that, and and uh, it, but the scoreboard clock went out. Isn't we, that and, great? And nobody had any idea how much time was left. Isn't that great? There, there could, if we were to think really hard and get philosophical, Tony, we could come up with a life analogy in there, right? Like you're winning the game. Absolutely, you're winning the game, but you don't even know because you can't see how much time's left. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. great. Good stuff, Tony. Thank you Thanks, for the call. Matt. Have a good one. All man. right, you too. Appreciate that story. I had never heard that before really appreciate that information tony hey uh real quick on the country pleasing text line talking about fishing and pitching and flipping uh close proximity you know you just use your your rod and you either pitch where you you know you kind of hold the bait in one hand and you just kind of flick it out there and and it goes out and it's really accurate and it lands softly doesn't make a big splash in that marina or whatever or you're up in some treetops you know really and trying to be Real precise, and you pull the line off of the rod, and it pulls the bait back, and you swing it out and just drop it by dropping the line right where you want it. And uh, Chris says, <laughs> Matt, weak hand or strong hand flipping? Strong hand and swapping to the uh, weak side for, to reel in is the leading cause for misses. Absolutely. Any pro fisherman ought to be practicing every day that you pitch and flip with the rod in that weak hand so that the hand that you reel the handle with is ready to go at any moment. Because if you use, let's just, you know, most reels are made to hold in your left hand and you reel it with your right. So you need to pitch and flip with your left hand so that you can always grab and set the hook. Because if you have to use your right hand to do it and then you place it in your left hand and then re-swap, you're going to miss, you're going to miss them. (laughs) We had everybody going great football stories, and then I'm wondering if I put them to sleep talking about fishing techniques. <laughs> I love it, and I'm passionate about it. We had a few other texts here on the Country Pleasing text line. Bill told us that uh, when he goes to the deer camp, they always watch the movie Jeremiah Johnson, and that it is a tradition. It's a great movie if you haven't seen it. Most people have. Is this is this Boson Bulldog or, or Boson Bulldog. How do I pronounce it? I'll just go with Boson Bulldog. Says Andy Griffith and uh, said his daddy worked with a guy in Mount Airy, North Carolina. And said the guy, said the people in the mountains are getting to be like the city folks. Said they're starting to put screens on the windows or winders, shutting the flies out on everybody else. <laughs> That's it. <clears throat> 
And he was a great comedian. He was a heck of an actor, too. Nick sent me a recipe, and now I like this. Nick said, since you like country pleasing sausage, let me tell you what to do. Fry up your cabbage with your onions and bacon like normal, and then throw in some country pleasing sausage. You can't beat it. And I asked him, do you cook the sausage ahead of time? And I guess, I guess your answer is saying, no, I'll just fry the bacon first. Then you put the onions in there and a the cabbage and sausage in a cast iron skillet and roll, baby. Or cook it first. Either way, be fine. Man, I tell you what. Nick, I'm adding cabbage to the order over here at Cockrell Banana. <laughs> I'm adding it on there just because of you, and that's a promise. <laughs> and Caleb reminded me on the Country Pleasing text line that there are words to the Andy Griffith song. You know, there's actually words to the whole thing. And I know some of them. Caleb, I don't know all of them, but I know some of them. Hey, and look, it's like we're having a family reunion over here on Facebook. If you're watching on the stream, you can see two things at Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt live stream of the show. A couple things you can see. One is I'm wearing a new retro hat from the Mississippi State University Golf Course at Hale State GC right there. I like this one a lot. I wore one yesterday. And we're having a family reunion over here. My mother is on. Susan, she's commenting. My sister is on. She's commenting. I tell you what, if nobody else watch and listen, I can get my family to, <laughs> which is maybe enough. <clears throat> my sister Beth says she's watching on her lunch break. Well, hello to you, Beth. Miss you, love you, see you soon, hopefully sooner than we think. And get all this mess behind us. Just stay safe in the meantime. That's the deal, isn't it? That's the deal. All right, that wraps up hour number one here in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. I'll see you in hour number two in about five minutes or so, give or take one or two. Stick around.